This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Where would you like to start? Well, first of all, how was the weekend? Good. How was the links? I know you're playing a bunch of golf. How's I that played Saturday. Out? It was good. Windy. Didn't play great. Low. Tried. Texas, a little Texas golf. Tried to, yeah. Knockdowns, hands in front of the ball, stay yeah. down on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But play, uh, it, was, uh, it was good. Fun to do and had a good time. Great group to be with. Got to keep your weight on the front side when you're playing to win now. Some NC State guys. We keep an eye on that Notre Dame game during the game. You played with NC State. They weren't watching the game? Uh-oh. Playing with me, playing what? golf. Yeah, you, you, these are really NC State fans. They yeah. weren't watching NC State pickpocket. So I was with two guys in my foursome: Jonathan Brown and Kyle Wilson. They're NC State guys. One's a grad, watching. been lifelong fans. They were, we were checking the scores every couple three holes. Man, we had a, we had our big group text going on. I noticed we had nothing from you. I knew you were hitting it good. No, I was not hitting it good. <laughs> but you were just hitting it. Yeah, yeah. Jack Walsh carried me. To a break-even deal. <laughs> so you didn't lose any money? I didn't, didn't oh, win any, didn't lose any. That means you had a winning weekend. I, that's it. There you, you go. You didn't have to reach in your pocket. That's you still right. got a chance to play some links. Just had to pay to get in the game. That's, that's it. it. There you so are. there you go. Um, what a weekend, though, huh? Yeah. I mean, you know what? The 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 Friday night stuff, The we talked about Duke on Thursday night against Texas Tech, and they turned around on Saturday and just did the same thing, even more impressively in some respect, to Arkansas. Texas right? Tech's better than Arkansas. I think so too. Uh, they're better than Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas, the Hogs had a nice year, but Texas Tech's the real deal. They're good. Yeah, and then you know it was funny because you watch Texas Tech, and then you watch Kansas yesterday in the second half, and you're trying to sort out the Big 12's personality, right? Which is and, really good, by the way. Yeah, and then you're sitting there thinking to yourself, well, okay. Everybody nationally, at least I was, was sitting there thinking, well, wait, there are three ACC teams here. Let's kind of figure out. We haven't paid attention in this league all year. Wonder what the perception is of the ACC. And then Miami plays a really good first half, although I thought Miami really missed some chances early. Could have pushed it early to, you know, a lot of close shots that were going in and earlier games didn't seem to be going in. Isaiah Wong stuff, you know, things like that. We're going to get to all the games, right. men's and women's. So but this- then the other two games, I mean, what Duke did Saturday night, that delivers – and then Carolina yesterday finally took care of your team. Huh. Oh. Because Friday night. What about Friday? America night? wanted to hear from you. <laughs> after, Why is that? After St. What, Peter's what? beat Purdue. Oh, no disrespect. The Big Ten came up short in a big moment. Stunning. <laughs> what could it, I, I did an interview on Sirius XM Saturday morning. I said, you know what? Let me be the first to say this. <laughs> After watching Purdue, just I don't know what Purdue was doing. What were they doing? I, it, as poorly a coached game as I've seen in a long time. But nevertheless, right? Can we just cap the Big Ten at five moving forward? I mean, that is a league, and I'm going to dump on them right now. I, I'm going to dump on a lot of people today. I'm going to start with the Big Ten. Summer we're going to have evidence of too. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine because you know now we keep scoring March. I always say this: you keep scoring March. Mm-hmm. Hey, but Big Ten, seriously, I respect your league. I do. They got good teams. Uh-huh. But they haven't won this event since 2000. That's, That's the first thing. It's hard to believe, The second the thing is, every year we keep giving you nine teams to get in a tournament. Now, I'm not saying you're not deserving of nine. But, hey, maybe moving forward, we just cap the Big Ten like at five. I said this on radio Saturday morning. Just cap the Big Ten at five. You pick your best five. Whatever you got. Whatever you got. 
I don't even care. Just give the committee a list? Here's nine you can pick from. We're not giving the Big Ten nine anymore because all you guys do is throw up all over your high tops. We're going to give you five. You pick. The committee's not going to pick. You tell us who your five are, and until you can win this event, it's been 22, now going on 23 years since they've won it. Right. So we're going to quit giving nine teams every year the Big Ten Mm -hmm. because they can't get the job done. Right. And Purdue Friday night was an embarrassment. They were that was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. You've got such a good player in Jaden Ivy. Forget Ivy. How about we got two seven footers? That's in here true too. St. Peter's got a bunch of six six dudes running around, and you haven't figured out high low game pounded inside. They're I mean, killing you on the glass game too. Even close. They're killing you on the glass. And you know all you had to do is watch the first TV timeout of North Carolina yesterday. And you went midnight. Yep. First television time yeah. midnight. It is midnight, Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Pack your stuff and get on out of here. Enjoyed it. They're a great story. Right. Very inspirational. Lots of love and hug. But I said it last week every show. Coach will be at a new place it, by Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> he may be he may be having breakfast this morning in a new place. That's true. But that's okay. He's earned it. Yeah, I got absolutely. No I got and no he hate. went there and he's a great player and a great coach. Got no hate about St. Peter's. None. None. Zero. They were a great story. As I said every day in the show last week, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. It's it's time for the big boys. <laughs> and yesterday I sat back the first time out at nine, nothing like this. You know, I kept thinking, if you're a Purdue or Kentucky fan or coach. Oh, you had to sit there throwing up in the fetal position, watching that, going, North Carolina's making this look so easy. You know why? It was. How bad was Kentucky and Purdue to lose that team? And again, I'm not knocking St. Peter's. They were awesome. But you got to go. And they earned it. They've earned everything that comes their way. But guess what? It started early and often yesterday. North Carolina treated wow. St. Peter's. If you watched the Oscars last night, just like Will Smith treated Chris Rock. That's exactly what happened. There you go. I, Baycott, Baycott was a thing in the first half. It was a thing all year. But he's been, 29 double-doubles. But I mean, you knew you had a built-in advantage, and you went right there to start. So did and Purdue. You, so did Kentucky. What'd they do? <sighs> Coach Cal, sound asleep, working on his hair. Matt Painter, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. But great St. Peter's. Enjoyed watching you. But you know what? It is my kind of Final Four. 69-49, the final for Carolina yesterday in Philadelphia. You saw the 20 points, 22 rebounds for Baycott. Carolina goes to their 21st Final Four, most all-time. Um, Past third, Kentucky all-time in NCAA tournament. Tough weekend for Kentucky. Third, they had to watch Duke advance. They had to watch North Carolina advance in Kansas. Kansas passes them on the all-time win list. Right. North Carolina passes them on the all-time NCAA tournament win list. Tough weekend for the Wildcats. Third ACC team seated eighth or lower to make the Final Four. They did it in 2000, and, of course, Syracuse did it back in 2016 when they lost, ironically, to Carolina, which then brings us to the champion of the West Regional, the Duke Blue Devils, who uh, – Man, look, they looked great in San Francisco in two ball games, didn't they? Uh, Arkansas or Texas Tech on Thursday night, and then Saturday night they beat Arkansas uh, to get Coach K to the uh, his thirteenth Final Four, breaking a tie with John Wooden, most Final, final Fours all time by a coach. Duke beat Arkansas seventy eight to sixty nine at the Chase Center. 
He is the 10th coach all-time to reach Final Four in his final season as a D1 coach, joining, ironically, Bill Guthridge, who did it in 2000. So get ready for all this, because here it comes. Carolina and Duke, and you see on the screen, have been in the same NCAA tournament 36 times. And Saturday night, just after 9 o'clock, will be their first meeting ever in an NCAA tournament. And it comes in the national semifinals at the Louisiana Superdome. Well, that's accurate. Again, it's And my, we got all week. <laughs> it's my kind of Final Four. It oh, is, man, it is blue it, now. It is snob appeal. Oh, my it God. Is. I love every ounce of this. I do. I love the fact that we've got Kansas making their 16th appearance, according to notes. We got Duke making their 17th appearance. We got Carolina making their 21st appearance. And really, the modern day consistent program Villanova. is Villanova. Yep. And Jay Wright is class personified, looking to win his third natty since 2016. Uh, all shades of blue, and they have tradition. They've got history. And like I said, this is my kind of Final Four. And there's the note you need to realize at the bottom. First time ever, all the participants in the Final Four have multiple national championships. Love it. And in the case, and Mark brings up a really interesting point, and an awful injury, awful, is the injury that Villanova sustained with Justin Moore. But let me let me back up on this. You're talking about a team who is playing to win their third national title in seven years? Since 2016. How about that? I mean, you talk about all these other teams down there. That team right there is the one that has, you know, washed, rinsed, and repeated quite a bit here in the last five years for sure. The last conference, the last conference to put two teams in the men's final four was the ACC. They did it in 2016, mm. which was nice. The problem is Villanova won the national championship that year. Mm -hmm. Here we go again. The ACC is back with two in the final four. And guess who's over there on that other side? Villanova. Mm -hmm. Jay Wright's a great coach. Bill Self, enough said. Kansas, the tradition, the history, which yep. is Jayhawk basketball. Uh, like I said uh, on Friday's show, the reason I root for these kind of teams, when you get to this stage, you, all you got to do is walk into their buildings and look up into the sky. And you'll understand every what I'm place. About. Yep. Again, no disrespect to the St. Peter's of the world and everybody else. Cool stories for the first week. Then you get to this week, and it's time for the big boys. That's right. what we got. Yeah. All right. We got great guests. Muffin McGraw is going to be here at 8 30. Carlos Boozer at 9 30. We'll get to your calls. Uh, 844 say ACC. And we have two ACC teams tonight trying to get to Minneapolis to the women's final four, 7 o'clock on ESPN. You may have heard UConn and NC State were on a collision course. Well, guess what? Tonight, they go to play. NC State, very fortunate to get there. What they a were. game that was against Notre Dame. Raina Perez, a terrific play at the end of the game. Uh, number three, Michigan and Louisville out in Wichita follows the Huskies and the Pack at 7 o'clock tonight. So. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of chalk on the ladies' side, Wes. Mm -hmm. You got Stanford and South Carolina have already punched their tickets. Yep. Uh, no surprise there. You could have four number ones going to Minneapolis. Yep. Four ones. Creighton was well really happened. the last Cinderella to have a chance last night. Yeah, it's the same thing with the ladies. Yep. You know what? I, you get Time to this to stage, I like, I like the star-studded Final Fours. Yeah. I'm all for it. All right. When we come back, uh, the magic march for the ACC. A tough regular season, perceived by many to not be a very good league, has now turned into two of the four teams in New Orleans this week at the Final Four. We will chronicle that and hear from Mike Krzyzewski. 
huh, this little journey now in this final season as the head coach of the Blue Devils sees him Saturday night play his rival, who has built momentum over the course of the season to now be in position. Tar Heels and Blue Devils are Saturday night in New Orleans. We'll have you covered in the mornings all week on ACC Network. Good morning. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. This isn't part of the program. This is impromptu by me. I'm sorry about this afternoon. That, no, please, no. Please, everyone be quiet. Let me just say, it's unacceptable. Today was unacceptable, but the season has been very acceptable. And I'll tell you, the season isn't over, all right? It's no, not. No, it's not. It's not. It's just starting in some respects. Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. All right, welcome back. That was, uh, if if you follow the calendar, Saturday night will be one month since Coach K's last home game at Cameron in the build-up to Duke, Carolina. And that's kind of how all this starts, shall we say that? Because going into that game, nobody thought Carolina would win the game, right? Right, Mark? BPI didn't. Hey, by the way, how's BPI doing these days? Pretty good. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Right. So Carolina goes to Durham. They win the game. Then all of a sudden, interest develop for Brooklyn. Oh, they're going to meet in Brooklyn. If it works out, they'll meet in Brooklyn. That didn't happen. Mike Young and the Hokies had a lot to do with that. They beat Carolina, then they beat Duke in the championship. And now look at what's happened. Look at what's happened. Here they come. But on the whole, Duke and Carolina are spearheading a March revitalization of ACC basketball to the nation. The ACC has 11 wins in the ACC tournament against Power Six conferences. Big 12 has eight. They're the second best. I mean, it's been a heck of a month for the ACC in terms of resetting its kind of basketball axis, if you will, among people that follow this thing nationally, I think. Well, here is the scoreboard. I was messing around with some numbers this weekend, and uh, here's what we got. Again, March matters. You can tell me about November and December, and that's cute, no doubt. you got to acknowledge it as far as your seed goes, Mm -hmm. but March is when it matters. Uh, Here's how the Power Six have done against each other in this tournament. This is the number of wins for the Power Six versus Power Six. It's not beating up on St. Peter's or Roast Beef A&M, who's a 14 seed. Now, this is eight. You got a big boy league. We got a big boy league. How'd you do? The ACC's won 11. The Big 12's won eight. And then look how it just falls off the map. Right. Big East has won three. The Big 10, two. Pac-12, that's traditional. And the SEC. No wins against uh, Power 5? That'd be a zero, not a. Excuse me? Zip. Zippo. I did not realize they didn't have any. Well, you got to pay attention to the tournament. They got My a gosh. zero. That'd be a nada. SEC. It just means zero. That's what the new motto is going to be. Just means zero. So there you go. Wins for each conference against each other. I'm talking about power five versus uh, actually power six versus power six. The flip side is how about the losses? Well, well, the SEC is, is leading in this department. They had six. Wow. 
America's Basketball Conference. Well, the ACC had another one. By the way, the three ACC losses, yeah, all against the Big 12. Just a note as we move forward. Oh. For everybody, I just gave you the crazy stat about 2016 being the last time mm-hmm. uh, the ACC got two in the Final Four, but yet Villanova cut down the net. So here we go again. Right. We got two ACC teams in the Final Four. Nova sitting here on the other side and Kansas. Right. The mighty Big 12, the ACC with three losses to the Big 12 in this tournament. There you Pretty go. impressive, though. Yeah, no pretty doubt. Pretty strong. 13-3 hmm. and three for the ACC in this tournament. All right. Pretty, pretty good. So Carolina and Duke advanced to New Orleans. Let's hear from the uh, principals involved in the two schools' wins in the regional finals. Let's start with Hubert Davis yesterday in Philadelphia after the game. Um, I mean, it's the ninth coach in history to uh, take a team to the final four in his. Actually, he's the tenth. tenth. I'm sorry, tenth. tenth coach in history to take the final, take his first team to the final four in his first season. Well, it is. You know, I. I know it. Maybe it, it. It's hard to believe or understand, but it really, it really isn't about me at all. I've, I've been to a Final Four as a player and as a coach. I played at Carolina. I played in the NBA. It's not my time. It's their time. And so, the satisfaction that I have is when things work out for our kids. And that's what brings me joy. And I just, I don't know how you do the job any other way, but with a, with a heart of service and appreciation for the kids, this has nothing to do about me. This is 100% about them. And so it, I am so happy right now because I can't wait for them to walk into that stadium and see how big <laughs> that place is. I can't wait for them to see the hotel with their pictures all over the place. I can't wait to have that practice on Saturday and have that feeling only four teams are practicing that day. And I can't wait till they run out of that tunnel and it's 80,000 watching them play. Like I know what they're gonna see and experience. And I'm, I told, uh, I think we're scheduled to leave on Wednesday. I like to leave tonight. (laughs) I wanna get there tonight. (laughs) It is a good food town. Oh, we can roll that. I will help you with a little bit of fans guide to the final four if you need Look us to. Getting there. Um, By the way, how ironic is it that Hubert Davis mm-hmm. is the 10th first time coach to get to the final four in his first year? Mike Shashevsky is the 10th. By the way, that, that would be Bill Guthridge, right? Is the last one. To That's pull correct. Off. Bill Guthridge. And Mike Shashevsky becomes the 10th coach to reach the final four in his final year. Last to do it. Bill Guthridge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it, it, kind of strange, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But again, the connecting the dots of the, the dark shades and the light shades of blue. Here we go again. There's going to be a bunch of those this week. I thought it was interesting last night at the end of the broadcast, uh, Ian Eagle pointed this out, that Hubert Davis becomes the third um, former player and coach to play in Final Fours as a player and head coach. Dick Harp is a name that you – if you follow Carolina basketball and you remember the late 80s, Coach Harp came as an assistant coach. He was kind of like a senior assistant toward the tail end of his career in coaching to join Dean Smith. He was actually Wilt Chamberlain's coach in the 1957 National Championship game when Carolina beat Kansas. He had played at Kansas, won a national, played in a Final Four, then coached obviously in a Final Four for Kansas. 
The other one's Joe Hall. Joe B. Hall at Kentucky Pack. Played at Kentucky, was on the staff at Kentucky, and then later coached in the Final Four. Obviously won a national championship, 78, in St. Louis. Hubert Davis becomes just the third guy to have played in a Final Four for that institution and then coached for the same institution as the head coach in a Final Four. Well, it just goes to show you, too, the ebb and flow of a season. I mean, on and I looked this up last night just because I was curious. Mm-hmm. But on January the 22nd, North Carolina was 4-3 and three in the right. league. Mm-hmm. And they were fresh off of just getting really almost embarrassed by Miami and Wake Forest. And the rumblings that you had heard was, oh, boy, I just don't know about this Hubert Davis guy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest. That's, that's right. And I'm not saying it talking heads. I'm talking about North Carolina people were saying this. Right. You know, you, you, there is an ebb and a flow of a season. You know, you, you try to get better as the year goes on. And is there any doubt with the two teams from the ACC in the Final Four that they're playing their best basketball at the right time? Mm-hmm. I mean, Duke now started to give you something – a little bit in the ACC tournament, you know, behind against Syracuse late, figured out a way to win. Right. Behind against Miami late, figured out a way to get a win. The Michigan State game in the last five minutes, sensational. The Texas Tech game, which I still think is the best game that's been played in the tournament so far. They were great. It was just a great basketball game. And then they just kind of toyed with Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas is a good team, but I never got a sense that they were in trouble against Arkansas. They're, they didn't have enough shot makers. Right. And yeah. that's why I thought Texas Tech was a better team than Arkansas. I agree with that. Uh, but North Carolina, like I said, 4-3 and three on January 22nd in this league. That At the time, all the pundits were like, oh, my God, the ACC. Mm-hmm. People talking about a one-bid league, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Look how they've turned that thing around. Yeah. They don't even look like the same team. That is good coaching and guys that have bought into what's going on. Uh, Armando Baycott Leaky Black also chimed in yesterday on the thought of Hubert Davis going to the Final Four in his first year. For me specifically, I mean, it means everything because since I've been here, my first two years was just so tough and, you know, people kind of pushed North Carolina to the side and saying how we were done and all this and that. And I'm just so glad to make it to the Final Four finally and kind of submit myself. I mean, we're not done yet, but just to, you know, submit myself and us as a team, me and Leaky specifically, just being able to say we won. Pretty much what he said, you know, we've, uh, you know, me and Mondo, it's been a been a roller coaster, you know, the last few years, pretty much been laughed at, you know what I mean, For, um, on social media, it's just, it just feels good to, you know, get the last laugh right here, but we're not done yet. Hmm. Ah, don't worry about people making fun of you on social media, you'll get used to it. Yeah. We have. Um, let's pivot to San Francisco, post game on Saturday night with the Duke Blue Devils. There's a really neat story uh, that was told post game uh, by Paolo Bancaro about cutting down the net. And it goes back, it ties to his prep days at O'Day in Seattle, but it also goes back to his mom, who was a terrific basketball player at the University of Washington. And he had a memory of her and in his prep days that carried over to Saturday night. You know, I, I did that specifically because, just a little quick story my mom won a state championship as a coach. And she got to go up on the ladder and cut the net. And I remember her swinging the net around and being like, I always wanted to do that. Then I went state in high school, and they lowered the hoop to cut the net. They didn't bring the ladder. And so it kind of ruined the moment a little bit. So when I got the ladder, I made sure I look up there and tell my mom, make sure you get a, uh, get this on video and a picture. How about that? O'Day 
in Seattle, one of the top prep programs in the, in the state of Washington. They lowered the goal at the Washington State. They used to play that, by the way, down at the Tacoma Dome. They moved it up to whatever Key Arena is now called in, in the Emerald City. But they lower the goal? Come on, man. Get a ladder. Let's go. I don't know. You know, Budget I'm watching the, all the games this weekend, nonstop, men yeah. and women. And, uh, you know, they, you mentioned the terrible injury with Justin Moore for Villanova, Ooh. which is a big loss yeah. for them. And speaking of the latter, I'm watching the Villanova ceremony. Guys are going up the net. And Charles Barkley, again, here's Justin Moore, just blew out his Achilles. Right. right. Crying him, rightfully so, just completely distraught. Charles Barkley says, man, they better make sure Justin Moore gets up on the ladder and cuts down that net. I'm thinking, oh, my God, Barkley, are you kidding me? The guy just blew it out as a killer. The last place on the planet Earth I want to see Justin Moore is ladder. climbing a ladder yeah. to cut it down. But it is a great tradition in history. Uh, Wendell Moore also, uh, after the ball game Saturday night, has it sunk in yet that he's now going to be the captain of a Duke team that gets a banner inside of Cameron? Yeah, I mean, for sure sunk in. I mean, I mean, really the moment after we won the game, that's when I started singing in. I mean, but for us, that's our second banner we've hung. And the thing is, we're not happy about it. Like, for us, the job's not finished. I mean, we want to hang one more banner. Um, right, two more if we get two games, I don't know. Uh, but we for sure want to hang another banner in there. Uh, I mean, so we're going to take uh, this five-hour trip uh, back to Durham. We're going to be happy about it. Uh, but once we get into practice tomorrow, the day after, this. It's time to move on. Uh, we're going to wrap here with Coach K. A uh, little bit of interplay, by the way, after the game on television. You may recall that Tracy Wilson took a page from Holly Rowe, who asked Paulo Bancaro after uh, Duke won the semifinal game in, in uh, Brooklyn about, you know, who do you want to play, Virginia Tech or Carolina? He quickly said UNC. And then after the game Saturday night, Tracy re-asked that question to Bancaro, and he said, you're not going to get me this time. Well, Remember, then Coach K goes to the podium. They ask Coach K who he'd like to see in the regional final. This was before yesterday's Carolina game. You know what? It's going to be an honor for us to go against whoever is the regional champion of that region. And there's no greater day in college basketball than when those four regional champions, four champions get under one in one arena and play. It's the greatest day for college basketball. And we're honored to be a part of it. We already know Villanova's there. Hopefully Moore is not hurt as bad as it looks like he's hurt. And then whoever wins tomorrow, it'll be an honor if we ever get a chance to play them. Questions for our student athletes? And that, it, you, you, that's it for you. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, no, you, you lose your allowance and you, you can't go out tomorrow night, all right? <laughs> that was, uh, by the way, the question was asked by Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News to, to Coach K. Uh, so they've got a long relationship, so therefore the – DeCourcy's great. The barbs kind of flowed from Coach K. Um, make no mistake, though, right? I mean, come on. Who's Duke want to play? They want to play Carolina. Sure they do. They want redemption for the Saturday night home game. I mean, let's be honest. What are we? This is the way you want the game to be staged, though. You want both these teams. If they're going to meet for the first time in the NCAA tournament, this is the way you want it, right? Well, it'd you, be cool if it was the finals, but I'm good with it. Now, like I said, sure, it would be cool if it's the finals. Final Four, Western. It's my kind of Final Four. 
Oh, yeah. I love the royalty that's showing Starch up. Starch collars. Snob appeal. That's what I call it, man. And I love it. I, I, you know, there's nothing better when you put your feet up mm-hmm. and you say, hey, you know what? All four of these dudes that are showing right. up to the ring can knock you out. And they've got hardware. They got the whole deal. You want every box checked when you show up at this stage of the game. Yep. All four of these teams have it. There you go. Love it. All right. When we continue, Packer and Durham rolling on on a Monday. Plenty more to come. In fact, the third team that made the Elite Eight. Good first half. Ugh. Second 20 minutes, not what the Canes needed. Does not, however, discount the impact of Jim Laranega's job with this particular Miami team. We'll talk about the Canes next on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Doug Kingsmore, how about this? Tigers and the Pack get together for a 6 o'clock first pitch. It's the second game of the three-game set. Uh, By the way, Tommy Tanks, 11th now. 11 home runs, second in the league behind uh, Jake Geloff, right? He went yard yesterday. NC State swept. Yes, they did. Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Sure did. One of three sweepers this weekend in the league. There you go. ACC Baseball Saturday night. It's kind of become appointment television. Six o'clock. It'll finish right, and then you can flip right on over and watch the Duke Carolina about nine. There you go. Right here on ACC Network, streaming live on the ESPN app. Miami. Oh, Will Smith music. <laughs> How about that last night? I walked in here this morning. You didn't Sorry. watch it. I didn't even see it. I don't watch the – I didn't watch – was the Oscars last night? You didn't watch the NC State women basketball game. You didn't watch the Oscars last night. Okay. But you played a lot of golf this weekend. No, I played 18 holes badly, but otherwise it was good. Um, Maybe it felt like you played 36. It, it did. Um, as big as the number was, it should have been for 36. Uh, yeah, the Oscars got a little out of control yeah, it last did. night. It made the news. Chris the Oscars Rock, is Wilson. in the news this morning. Uh, Again, it's exactly what Carolina did to St. Peter's last night. They catch him with the, the white first, of the glove, though, it looks like. First TV timeout. It's exactly how it felt. Yeah. Um, I don't want to lose. And, and look, I understand, and we've said this before on this show, the NCAA tournament's a winner's event. Winners over here. Losers, thank you very much. Here's your T-shirt. Take care. Safe travels but back. But there's great stories. And still. Miami's one of the best ones. No doubt. I mean, we talked about St. Peter's, and again, a feel-good, cool story. You know, David Goliath scenario. But here comes Miami, right? Right. And Jim Laranega does something that's never been done before. He's now taken two teams to the Elite Eight as a double-digit seed. And as at the, at the halftime point yesterday, right. Canes are up six on Kansas, and you're thinking, man, Bill Self has really struggled in this game in his career. He was 3-7. and seven. In elite eight games, and here's Miami with that great guard play. Uh, the Canes were a terrific story all season long, but you know they just got blitzed in the second half. Sure Take your hat to Kansas, who was the better team. But man, it takes nothing away from this year for Miami basketball. And, yeah. uh, Jim Laranega finally had a season where they stayed relatively healthy. I thought he did a brilliant coaching job. His guys stepped up. They were really talented. Great backcourt. They were fun to watch. Amazing stories this year with that team. The winning, you know, the game winner. Uh, knocking off Miami, the half-court right. shot beating Virginia Tech. Uh, just a great coaching job, a great year for Miami basketball. How good, and if anybody realizes anything out of all this, it has to be how good this guy is. And, you know, we need to start thinking more. I think sometimes, you know, when 
you hope we're not guilty of it, but I'm sure you are when you get into the K and the Bayheim and the Leonard Hamilton success and Tony Bennett's success and we had Roy Williams, you were talking about that. And oh, by the way, you had Jim Laranega. But now it needs to be, you know, certainly Bayheim's still there. You got Tony Bennett with a national championship and then Leonard Hamilton, certainly, but you gotta go Jim Laranega. He's in that mix. This guy's done such a good job at Miami back. It's the best, arguably, it's the best sequence of Miami basketball history ever. No doubt. Uh, here's the thing. I, I still remember his first year at Miami, and we were doing media days on radio. And I remember asking Jim Laranega, and like even then it was like, well, you know, why are you taking this job? You know, what, what, what's the appeal about Miami? He said, ah, I tell you what, it's a great place to live. And, he, of course, he goes right into the recruiting pitch. He says, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get Miami fans out to the ballpark. We got oh, yeah. things, we got work to do. I'm going to have people, I'm going to, have, I'm going to deliver pizzas. I, and so now look where he's come. I mean, yeah. and I've said this before when Miami joined the ACC, mm-hmm. if you would have asked any ACC fan, I don't care what school you root for, what will happen first? Miami football. Now keep in mind, they joined the league in 04. Yeah. Miami football going to win an ACC title? Or Miami basketball? You'd have gone, that's the dumbest question I've ever heard. In fact, it's, just, it's so stupid, I'm not going to answer it. Well, guess what? The yeah. answer is basketball. And look at the job he's done, not only within the league, but Sweet 16 appearances. Now he gets Miami to the Elite Eight. Brilliant coach, brilliant year. Mm-hmm. And I know they're bummed out about that last 20 minutes, but hey, sometimes you just tip your hat to the other guy. Right. Kansas was that good yesterday in the second half, but a terrific year for Miami. Boy, was a bodgy good. Well, he's a first-team All-American. Yeah, he should be good. He's sound asleep in the first half. Yeah, the uh, <clears throat> going to be interesting to watch the other side of the bracket on Saturday between Villanova and Kansas, especially with the Moore injury. Uh, but boy, the Arizona State transfer Remy Martin's looked good, hadn't he? Again, Kansas is a one seed for a reason. Yeah. So I mean, they they really gave you a dose of it for the last twenty months. But the Canes had him down six at the half, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, you know, like I said, Bill Self has struggled in this game. Miami's guards are getting the job done. Right. Uh, but but you know, again, sometimes the other guy just is better. All right, Jim Laranega though, uh, is asked about his team and the mark they made this year and for the program. I told the, the players afterwards, and, and I really mean it. They they accomplished so much, not not just in basketball, but they ignited a community. We had so much support throughout the season, and especially in the NCAA tournament. And I think generating that kind of enthusiasm for the University of Miami in a, a basketball program that you have to remember didn't even exist from 1972 to 1985. And so now we've been to the, the uh, uh, Sweet 16 uh, three times now and to the Elite Eight once uh, in the last, in this decade. And we think we're heading in the right direction and we think we'll have the tremendous support of our administration and our community. And it's all a credit to these guys, what they accomplished this year, uh, being chosen uh, 12th in the preseason, but being one of the final eight teams in the entire country. Oh, my hat's off to them. I love working with them. They're a great group of kids, and and they're gonna always be a part of our Miami family. Spot on, hundred percent right, hundred percent right. Tell you what, his energy level is is amazing. The way he goes about, and I think Chris Caputo and Bill Courtney were on his staff, and they 
Chris Caputo's been with him for years, um, since the Mason days. They do such an amazing job of understanding playing personalities. It was He told a story last week about a preseason conversation which they made some switches because they were going to have these guards. And he'll go through that process again the offseason this year. Remember, they're losing uh, Charlie Moore, Cam McGusty, uh, Sam Wardenberg, I think, is done. You know, you start looking at, at the way it shapes up. But they continue to recruit well. They build these programs. Key, you said that you said this in November, and you could say it again in March. They stayed healthy this year. Yep. Well, we ask every time Larry Nagel to be honest. I mean, I'm just rooting for you guys to have a healthy season. Right. There was not another team in America uh, the two previous years that had more injuries than Miami, and they just were not whole. I mean, yeah. it's simple as that. It's hard to win when you got both hands tied behind your back, but they had a great year, yep. and they were fun to watch. Sure were. All right, on the other side – can we get two more to Minneapolis? Can we get two more ACC teams into the Final Four tonight? Westmore and NC State. The one they've been talking about for two weeks shows up on the schedule. NC State has to beat UConn. Louisville has to get by Michigan. We'll talk about the women's Elite Eight. Last two tickets for Minneapolis in the women's Final Four involve the ACC next. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Well, first of all, I'm just so happy for these young ladies. Uh, you know, Elisa's been here four years. Kai and Raina came back for a fifth year of basketball, and they came back for this reason, okay? They wanted to rewrite this chapter from a year ago, and this is a great start. So we're excited about that. Uh, you know, can't say enough about Notre Dame. Man, are they going to be good for a while. A lot of young players that are really tough. Uh, and, you know, we were fortunate there. We had some players here make some unbelievable plays down the stretch to find a way to win the game. And that's what they've done their whole careers at NC State. Couldn't be prouder of them. And, uh, again, we're excited about uh, taking another step, you know, and, and, like I said, rewriting the chapter from a year ago. Chip on shoulder. Hmm. I'll tell you what, that was some kind of game Saturday, too. Notre Dame had NC State in deep, deep trouble. Down eight, six minutes to go. Hey, that's when you find out, hey, you got that championship DNA? The answer for NC State is yes, they do. And it comes in all shapes and sizes. And by that, I mean it comes with different players. Remember the Louisville regular season game at Reynolds? Diamond Johnson, right? There's been times where it's been Cunane. There's been times where it's Crutchfield. Saturday, Raina Perez, huh? Well, Crutchfield was great, too. Yeah. I mean, she made some big shots late. But Raina Perez with the pick pocket. Here we go. Fake left. Go right. This is it. Down one late. Take the lead. NC State. Again, championship DNA. Not that Notre Dame doesn't have it. But this NC State team, with all the experience, they were not going to lose this game. Yep. Somehow, some way. So Perez and the Wolfpack march on, uh, beating Notre Dame. And now all of a sudden, here's the one that we've been talking about for two weeks, right? That's it. One we have, we have glossed over three wins for each of these schools in the first you know week and a half of the tournament to get to this one. Well, they both had to get there. I mean, you know, that was the thing that was like, hey, you can talk about woulda, coulda, shoulda in the, in the seedings and where you got to go play. But they both had to get there. And they were both tested. I mean, mm -hmm. it has not been totally smooth for UConn either. 
But tonight we get the game that everybody's been buzzing about. NC State basically at UConn. Correct. Right? It's basically what the game is. Tonight. Yeah. One versus two. Um, you know, there, there's several little things about this that are interesting. The, um, you know, first of all, you got the her hoops, which is basically BPI for women's basketball. Uh, gives NC State a 62% chance to win uh, on a neutral court. But wait, Pac, is Bridgeport neutral? No. No yeah, chance. Nothing to do with neutral. Now, if the game were in stores, they would give UConn a 56% chance to win. Now, that's more like it from that environment standpoint. Bottom line is these are two terrific teams, right? We know about UConn's great tradition and history. We know what the deal is at Westmore and the program he's built. This team kind of on a mission. It's the, really the game. I think all of us have kind of circled and said, "Hey, NC State, UConn." When the brackets came out, man, if they could both get to that position, it's going to be some kind of ball game. And tonight, we get it. Okay, the mentality tonight though has to be to play to win the game. Of course, not mad that you have to play the game. No, you got to put that. That's rearview mirror, now. right? That's hey, it's the opponent. Who do we play tonight? We play a terrific team. Mm-hmm. They'll have the house as far as the fans go. But sure, to my knowledge. None of them are going to come out and play zone or man-to-man or make any shots. you got to go win the ball game. It's the game we want to see. Sure. UConn-NC State. Yeah. Uh, and as Westmore said, <clears throat> great effort by his team. Here's Crutchfield. But <clears throat> let's also make sure we uh, credit Neil Ivey. What a great effort they had, huh? Well, Westmore said it best. It's a young team yeah. at Notre Dame that is going to be around for a while. And, again, what Muffet built, and she'll join us later in the program. Sure. Uh, this Notre Dame team at NC State, again, they beat them early in the year. So right. it wasn't like, hey, Notre Dame, they got no chance to beat them. What are you talking about? They're trying to beat them for the second time. And they had NC They controlled the entire ball game mm-hmm. to the last six minutes. And then they just couldn't close. They're up eight, six minutes to go. Could not finish the deal. Yeah. Uh, the other ball game on the ledger tonight involving the ACC. Can you get a shot of Chester? Because you just he heard you're getting ready to talk about Haley Van Lith. And let me tell you what my dog does. Every time – look at Chester. You mentioned Haley Van Lith and Louisville Hoops. My, my man over there is in dreamland. He <laughs> loves – people are like, Pack, your dog doesn't love Louisville. But yes, he <laughs> does. He's sound asleep on the couch. We mentioned Haley Van Lith, and he goes right into the praying of the basketball gods. There right you there. go. Uh, Louisville is 7-0 and when Haley Van Lith scores at least 20. That might be a good number to get tonight against Michigan. She's been fantastic. Yep, in this really tournament. good. Really. I mean, she has taken her game to another level. And here's Jeff Walls once again on the doorstep. Another Elite up to eight appearance. And uh, everybody in ACC lands hoping, just like the men, you get mm-hmm. two in the Final Four. That could yeah. happen tonight. Uh, Louisville has given up just 70 or more twice all year, and it's been 71 each time. But Jeff Walls knows his team is one win away from Minneapolis. This crew here sitting next to me is just uh, – they're, they're, they're tough kids. They're, they're tough kids. They, they, they bust their ass. Uh, you know, they let, me co- they, they let me coach them hard. They let me push them. And, you know, our ultimate goal it was to continue to be able to play. And we're fortunate enough now to get the opportunity to play on, on, on Monday night. But it's going to take a lot of rest, a lot of regen, and then figure out who, who we're going to play tomorrow on Monday night. But just really proud of this ball club, really proud of these kids, and uh, honored to be their coach. 
Well, I don't think any of us are surprised that NC State and Louisville find themselves in this position. You're supposed to. You're a one seed. We've right. already talked about how South Carolina and Stanford have punched their tickets to Minneapolis as ones. Uh, and the chances that you could have four one seeds end up in the final four for the ladies, I don't think is far-fetched. It's right there again on the doorstep. Well, and you gave the stat last Monday about the domination of double-figure games. Yeah, I got that update. I did that last night. So we've now played 62 women's games right. in the tournament. 64 for the men, two more tonight for the ladies. So 62 women's games have been played. Uh, 23 have been in single-digit games. Uh, eight by three points or less. Wow. And 39 games have been double-digit blowouts. 39. The men's side, it's a little closer. Uh, we've had 64 games in the men's side. 34 have been single-digit games. 30 have been double-digit games, but not as many games determined by three points or less as the ladies' side. That's mm. where we are. So, we'll see what happens tonight. Louisville and NC State top seeds. Two from the ACC on the men's side. Do we get two from the ACC on the women's side? That's been done before, by the way. I think the SEC and the Big East have pulled off that trick before in the past. We had mm -hmm. two on the men's side, two on the women's side in the same tournament. But the ACC has never, ever done that before. Jim Phillips would be a busy guy if that happens. Jim Phillips putting some serious travel miles. And you know what? That's not a bad thing when you're a commissioner yeah. at this time of the year and you're zigzagging all over the country watching your basketball teams win and dominate. Men did a great job, like I said, 13-3 and three for the ACC on the men's side. And the women, no surprise, the league's been good. It's been deep, been talented, really good at the top. Now NC State and Louisville tonight have to justify that by punching the ticket. What do you think? I hope they win them. I mean, I'm rooting for them. Yeah. No doubt. And, but this NC State-UConn thing has had a, a life of its own. It's mm -hmm. the only regional that kind of got a sense of, hey, come on now, UConn's a two-seed. How come they're getting a chance to play – Two minutes away from home. I mean, that, right. that's been the pom pom waving craziness, but eventually you got to go play and you got to go win. Like I say all the time, when you're going to win a championship, you can't backdoor your way to a title. You're mm -hmm. going to have to beat really, really good teams. It's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I think the years that the ACC has put two in the final four, I'm not sure they've matched. They've never matched. What do you mean match? In terms of this would be the first time you have two men's and two women's in the same Final Four, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. What I that's just what said. you just said, yeah. That's right. So there we go. Is there a force field here? There is. It's a big old force field. Are you okay? Right goes to the ceiling and comes back. <laughs> All right, on the other side, we go to the 8 o'clock hour. Best and worst of the weekend. You're going to want to hang around for this one. I got nowhere else to go. No, no, I'm my, in my house. No, no. I'm talking about the viewer will want to hang around. Oh, the viewer. Yes. Might want to hang around for the uh, worst part more so than the uh, best part. But the worst is bad. The best is really good. And it's at 8 o'clock. And it's next on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham.